How many times have we attended conferences, read articles, listened to podcasts, and been inspired by some great ideas or strategies for our business? The rubber really hits the road when we turn those ideas into goals and goals into action. We need to ensure we're setting goals for ourselves and keeping ourselves accountable. And there's no greater expert than Matthew Michaelwitz, who has built two multi-multi-million dollar businesses with a culture of goal setting right at the forefront. And he's going to share with you his formula to helping you succeed before it's too late. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 87, brought to you by audible.com. Big show today. We're headed into November next week, which for most states here in Australia includes the Melbourne Cup public holiday, which gives us a great opportunity to catch up with family and friends, but also some clear headspace to just start thinking about 2016. How's your week been? Has it been a good one? Are you building some strong momentum heading into Christmas this year? I've had a great week this week. I've been down at our latest of our pharmacies undergoing transformation, pardon the pun, which of course you'll hear more about later in this episode. I also had the great fortune of being invited by my alumni here in Melbourne to listen to Tim Covey, who you may know as the architect behind the build of the Apple retail store right from its very origin, right to the great spectacle we see today. And also a big thanks to Brian Walker and the team at Retail Doctor group who hosted a great CEO's event last Thursday on omni-channel retailing and as usual there were so many learnings from both events on creating better customer experiences in store and out of store and in fact it became apparent that this mix is just retail now there's no such thing as online and offline it's just retail and I look forward to sharing with you some of these learnings in an upcoming solo episode which I have been promising but with the caliber of some of our interviews has just been too hard to hold them back uh, and not give them to you. And uh, this week is no exception with Matthew Michaelwitz. This episode today is brought to you by audible.com. And for you, the listeners of the Transformation Show, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. This week, as I did last week, I recommend that you listen to Life in Half a Second by our guest this week, Matthew Michaelwitz which you can download for free by trying audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash transformation for your free audiobook straight after this show. So this week's theme is all about the power of goal setting and how it can help you to achieve success before it's too late. We're extremely lucky to be hearing from a man who has achieved remarkable success consistent success using the formula he shares in life in half a second and of course our chat today. Matthew is an international expert in entrepreneurship, 
innovation and success psychology. He's established boards that include former heads of state, Nobel Peace Prize winners and Fortune 500 CEOs and has a 20-year track record for starting, growing and exiting high-growth businesses. He's currently the CEO of Complexica, an early-stage company specialising in cognitive computing, or otherwise known as artificial intelligence. I challenge you this week to commit to a big, hairy, audacious goal in 2016. You heard a little bit about that with our guest Tristan White back in episode 78, but you'll hear much more about that from Matt today. And I'll be sharing mine with you in our three key learnings straight after this interview. In this interview, you'll learn about the three biggest reasons why most goals fail and how to set effective goals, how goal setting culture is embedded in the foundations of the most successful companies in human history. And you'll never view your age the same way ever again. Matthew Michaelwich, welcome to The Transformation Show. Thanks for having me, Robert. Oh, look, terrific to have you, Matthew. And look, in the previous shows, we've been talking about a lot of strategies that uh, a lot of our listeners have shared with me that get them really inspired and they love uh, listening to the possibilities. But uh, often the perception of the limits of our resources and potential often shelve these ideas for a quieter time when we've got more time. But uh, I know personally that uh, from the principles in life for half a second, it's helped me uh, achieve many goals in the last two years, including starting this particular podcast and uh, also most recently competing a half marathon. So to help um, our listeners achieve success before it's too late, I couldn't think of a better person to invite on the show than yourself. Oh, look, that's a very kind introduction and uh, greatly looking forward to our conversation and I hope it's going to be of benefit to the listeners. Oh, look, fantastic. And I guess to give our listeners a little bit of a background, um, why did you write Life in Half a Second? Um, and um, you know, I guess what did you hope to achieve by publishing it? Yeah, um, I've loved the subject and has, it has been a, one of personal interest just around success because I've been an entrepreneur all my life and as an entrepreneur, um, the odds are stacked against you. Whatever the statistics are, you know, 90% of new businesses fail in the first five or 10 years. So it's, it's, there's more risk than getting a job someplace and hence because there's more risk, you have a more acute focus on succeeding and beating the odds. So it was a subject that naturally um, came to mind when you become an entrepreneur. I've been fascinated. And so over the last maybe, I don't know, 20 years, I've been reading countless, uh, whether it's research journals or books or talking to people on this specific subject in different disciplines, whether it's behavioral sciences, psychology, sports, business. And I've been interested in what are the factors that contribute to success or what are the factors that are proven to impact someone's success. And I was interested in it because I wanted to be successful in the businesses that I had. And after many years passed and I collected all this information and these studies and I made notes and I really learned a lot on the subject, the idea came to mind, why not uh, create a book where I can kind of distill my thoughts into something that another reader, whether they be a business owner or someone that just wants to be successful in sports or in whatever endeavor they're pursuing, can apply without reading you know, hundreds and hundreds of different papers and books and so forth, that they could get just the distillment of the facts. That was kind of the, the motivation behind writing the book. 
Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's just taking really action around a lot of the goals and, uh, you know, quite often we uh, find ourselves at the beginning of the year around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, thinking about what the next year may uh, may mean and uh, a lot of us may, uh, you know, very loosely uh, connect with something that we may want to do and perhaps get uh, wooed by one of the uh, gym commercials or a weight loss program and, uh, you know, jump into it in January. But by the time February comes around and uh, the pace of business and family life picks up we often just slow down and forget about them yep yeah that's i mean the statistics show that i think 80 percent of new year resolutions are abandoned so it's a sobering statistic with all good intentions people set a specific goal for the year ahead quit smoking or get in shape or start a business or change careers whatever it might be and yet 80 percent not only do they not achieve it they abandon it uh, before the year is out yeah, and it's it's just a, it's such a such an interesting one in terms of you know how far we can connect through, and often it's towards the middle of the year when we haven't quite had the year that we're looking for. We start to think, well, what were we trying to achieve in the first place? And I guess, I guess on that, you know, it's such a simple thing of setting goals as it's something you want to do, and uh, but I guess you know it's simple enough to set them, but uh, to see them through to completion and full achievement is a whole different um, in ball game. So why? I guess, why do you find it so effective in setting the goals and committing to them? Well, let me just change that question a little bit. It's it's important to answer the question why 80% of New Year resolution goals in general fail. And that kind of leads us to um, what you can do to make them effective. But the three most common mistakes that people make is one, they set the wrong goals. They set, you know, just like you said, they're wowed by a flashy object, whether it's a you know, new um, diet pill, new diet routine, um, the allure of um, working less in some other industry and making more money, whatever the case might be. The, the goals aren't thought through. They don't align to people's values or what they really want or, or their particular situation, so they set the wrong goals. Second mistake is once they set a goal, the goal is very in i mean it's 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 not precise it's indefinite it's kind of like i want to be rich this year i want to be healthy i want to get in shape so there's no specifics around it where you can measure the outcome you can measure your progress towards it or that you even know when you've achieved it and the third mistake is there's no mechanism for people to hold themselves accountable so they they don't tell anyone the goals. They might even forget about them themselves. So those are the predominant drivers of why goal setting fails. And the majority of goals fail for these reasons. So if you can overcome these things from the beginning, this is why goal setting can be extremely effective. If you set the right goals, they're aligned to your particular interests, passions, um, or whatever is really deep down inside the things you want to do. You make them very specific for the year ahead. I want to increase my profit 20% or I want to lose 10 kilos or I want to change from this particular career path to this other one. You make it very specific and then you make yourself accountable. And the easiest way is you just tell everyone about your goals. That's the easiest form of accountability. You publicly broadcast to everyone, this is what I'm trying to achieve this year. And you'll find your commitment to it is so much greater because people will ask you, how are you going? And that's why goals become effective. So you overcome the common um, shortcomings or the common mistakes people make and you make goal setting something that can really make a difference. 
Well, I guess it's a, it's a case of, uh, you know, tell, telling them out loud is probably the biggest fear uh, that comes that comes with uh, trying to get get to some place you haven't been and setting a goal of uh, extending yourself or developing yourself a little bit further with a particular skill or a uh, goal in mind, particularly with where your business may want to go. And, uh, you know, we quite often in the last few weeks have been talking about, you know, how our colleagues in pharmacy can, you know, develop culture, discover their purpose and bring their team along for the journey. But uh, in terms of setting the goals for not only themselves and their business, we think it's so important to be leading from the front with that and not just, I guess, you know, passing on those goals to your team to achieve for you. Well, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, look, and, and I suppose in terms of, um, you know, businesses that you've seen that, um, you know, because I know that there's a lot of scientific evidence that went into Life in Half a Second that uh, have shown the successes over, over you know, centuries. Um, what would be the best examples that you could think of with businesses that have, um, you know, had a very strong culture of goal setting and success as a result? I, I think the most conclusive um, business proof would be, and I, and I would direct listeners to a very famous book by Jim Collins. Listeners might know him from the book Good to Great, but he wrote a book before that called Built to Last, which in my opinion is a better book and it's more interesting. And in Built to Last, he studies over a hundred year period um, some of the more successful and famous companies of our time and, and really tries to distill what is it about these businesses that allowed them to persevere, overcome the competition, have great returns on the stock market, all of these elements of success. And one factor that he goes into at length is goal setting within these businesses, the, whether it's the big audacious, uh, big, hairy, audacious goal, all of this is a whole chapter or even a few chapters on this specific subject. One of the examples in that reference in that book is General Electric and Jack Welsh's tenure. And if you read any of Jack Welsh's uh, work, and he's considered one of the most famous CEOs of all time, he'll reference the power of goals and how he brought that to GE and how he invented the stretch goal and all of these uh, real-world applications. So there's enormous proof and evidence, not just in academia and in sports and in behavioral sciences, but in business itself that businesses and leaders and and managers and employees with goals achieve more than businesses, managers and employees without goals. Yeah, look, and, and certainly, you know, some some of the goals may come in different uh, conditions. Um, you know, as as we've shared, um, you know, pharmacy are feeling the force of downward pressure that we're seeing amidst our previous reforms, where our government are changing the way we're remunerated for our medicines, our rising operational costs of managing people, and the, where we're located in our rents, and even the expectations of customers wanting to be sharper on price as well. So, in in I guess in an environment where you know there is a lot of downward pressure and negativity it's very easy to stick with what you know and not want to extend yourself but you know i guess to change that mindset you know for for our listeners listening to this you know what would be your advice to i guess take, pick up on the mindset uh, that it requires to set those goals effectively yeah, look, the, the first piece of advice is that every industry is experiencing what you've described. Look at the financial services industry, look at manufacturing, look at the mining sector, look at the oil sector. Everyone's experiencing pressure, whether it's competitive pressures, whether it's changes in currency, whether it's changes in demand, consumer confidence, and so forth, regulatory changes. 
it's not unique to pharmacy. So it's very easy to get into a victim mindset. I'm a victim. These are all these macro forces that are that I can't control and so on. And once you have that kind of mindset, you're dead in the water. You just you, you're, you're like a fish fish that's just waiting to kind of be hunted or or for its environment to be changed. So you have to change that mindset and say, look, the pharmaceutical industry or pharmacies in particular are not any different to other sectors experiencing pressures. What are other sectors doing? What can I do to innovate, to do things differently, to be more efficient, to be more competitive? Um, how can I potentially re-engineer some of my business or revenue model aspects? So you change the mindset from a victim mindset where I'm a victim of circumstance to all of a sudden, hey, this is no different to what other um, industries and companies are experiencing. What can I do to make the best of the current situation or even to take advantage of opportunities in the current situation? That's critical to do, or otherwise the goals that are created, they're just they're incremental, nonsensical, goal, nonsensical goals, you know, if, if you have that victim mindset. Yeah, and we had even recently, um, about six or seven weeks ago, we had uh, a guest of ours, Debbie Rigby, who was talking about blue ocean strategy and that uh, we all seem to find ourselves fighting in that you know, red ocean for what appears yeah. to be the only resources available, but uh, on the polar opposite, and it might be a harder path, uh, there's certainly much opportunity in an area with uh, less competition. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, but it just takes... Some, you know, it goes back to that saying, working on your business versus in your business. It takes some time to think about strategically your business, what you could potentially do, what um, blue ocean opportunities exist, and so on. You need that headspace to be able to think about that. Yeah, and I guess on, on that as well, it also comes down to how, you know, perhaps we mismanage our goals in as well in as much that we don't make time to review them and track their progress. And I guess that's why, you know, you're so big on, you know, quantifying those goals and putting a, a fixed number on them rather than it being something that, uh, you know, could be a little bit flexible. Well, the goal itself should be flexible in, in the sense that circumstances change, you learn more information as you execute within a business. Um, some strategies have unexpected results. There are all of a sudden changes that are that surprise you and, and competitive actions that come out of the blue. So you have to be flexible and agile in the way you execute, and that might uh, mean changing some of the goals and some of even the tactics that you're going to employ to achieve the goals. But ultimately, you should have a clear direction, path, objective, all around what you want to achieve. So even though some of the goals might change and some of the tactics might change and so forth, you have a general direction and a general vision of where you want to take the enterprise and where you want to be at some point in the future. So even though I'm big on quantifying and putting into numbers and so forth, I don't want to give people the impression, look, you write down this goal, it's cemented for all eternity, it can never change, we're going to measure your progress against it, because that's just not realistic in a, in a business environment to operate like that. Yeah, no, look, it's certainly, it's ever-changing. And I guess while we look at that 90-day cycle of reviewing everything, there's going to be new opportunities that come up that uh, may deprioritize or, you know, reprioritize what we're doing uh, because it's a bigger advantage for us long-term or short-term. And, uh, you know, you do need to have that mindset that uh, I guess isn't allowing you to be so rigid that you must follow things through right. even though there are greater opportunities. And I guess in, in Life in Half a Second, you talk so 
so much about, you know, the different doors of success and the ingredients that it takes to, you know, to seriously commit to the goals, but see them through, you know, I guess with the right amount of success. So for, for our listeners, because I think we're all geared up now around, you know, what does it take to really set these goals effectively? Um, could you tell us about those doors of success? Yeah, look, first of all, I'd, I'd direct uh, listeners to the website where there's, uh, I don't know how many hours of free video content that walks. You don't need to get the book. You can just watch all of the videos that are there that walks uh, viewers of the videos through the process of goal setting step-by-step with action items and so forth. So if they go to lifeinhalfasecond.com, there's a whole video series with templates that they can fill out and so on. But fundamentally, once you have a goal, there are four other specific ingredients. One, making sure testing the goal against really what's in your heart, for, for lack of a better word, because so many people set goals that on the surface seems like the right goal. For example, this year I want a promotion and I want to you know, renovate my home, etc. But deep down inside, that person really hates their job and would love to be an entrepreneur and do something completely different. So... You've, the, the second ingredient is if the goals you set are the wrong goals, they're not really what you want deep down inside, you're not going to commit to them. And, and hence, they really become, that, that's one of the reasons goals get abandoned. So you've got to make sure you align your goals to what you really want. The, the next ingredient is surround yourself with people that have achieved similar goals or ideally the same type of goal as you want to achieve. So if you want to lose 20 kilo, spend time with people that have done that. If you want to become an entrepreneur, spend time with entrepreneurs. You want to become wealthy, spend time with people that are rags to riches stories and stories themselves and and, uh, and find out how they did that. So the, the next ingredient is really surrounding yourself with people that have achieved or, or can shed light on, on how to achieve the kind of outcome that you're looking for. The next ingredient is educating yourself. Find out exactly what you need to do. So if you want to lose 20 kilo or you want to increase your profit by 20% or you want to franchise it, whatever, whatever goal you have, how is it done? What, how have other people done it? What are the potential risks, mistakes, lessons that they've learned? So really study how a specific goal can be achieved. Educate yourself. And then the last is take systematic action. Because you could have a goal, you could, it could be aligned to what you want, you could surround yourself with other people that have done it and educate yourself on how something is achieved, but ultimately nothing's going to happen until you systematically take action towards achieving a goal. So in short, those are the five critical drivers of achieving a specific outcome. Yeah, and and I think you know that the biggest one for me for those five that I that I came across was you know the the knowledge one and that uh, you know if there's a path that you want to take and uh, you know I think even on the weekend uh, completing the half marathon it was very easy to see how the event itself has given people belief that they can run a marathon one day, encouraging people to begin at three point seven k's and work their way work their way up and uh, you know it's I guess becoming part of that environment you know, hanging out with people who have run marathons that gives people, you know, that belief that, uh, you know, that they can actually do that because looking at it purely as a, as a goal to run a marathon one day, it just seems too far out of reach. And I guess yeah. for so long, it's always been, been like that. And, uh, you know, I 
probably the most valuable thing that I took away from it, and you know, I've shared that with you before, um, is the goal pyramid um, and uh, the ability f- to you for you to, I guess, reverse engineer and unpack that. Um, so for, for our listeners, could you tell us a little bit more about the goal pyramid and I guess how that can, uh, I guess, make um, you know your path to success a, a little bit, um, I guess, more achievable in a visual sense? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really good point because one of the reasons that, again, people give up on goals is because there's too much distance between their current situation and the goal they're trying to achieve. So if you're if you haven't started a business at all, you're at, you know, square zero, you're thinking about starting a business, you have nothing operational, and your goal is to have a, a business that's turning over 1 million a year or 2 million a year, there's a pretty significant gap from where you are where you want to be and because of that gap people can get discouraged and demoralized and eventually they give up it's just it's too hard it's too far it's not it's it seems after all not achievable so research has shown that if you what they call unpack your goals or or just turn them into baby steps where you you identify the small steps that or incremental moves that you need to make to get to the goal, all of a sudden it builds a bridge between your current situation and the goal. It, it, the distance doesn't seem as great. So instead of just having a goal of creating uh, a, a company that's going to turn over a million a year, you might break that down into steps. You might do one step might be market research, another step might be writing a business plan, another step might be incorporating, another step might be developing a website and online presence. Another step might be getting some physical locations. So you could identify 10 or 12 steps that are needed to achieve the ultimate goal that you want, getting your first customers, whatever the case might be. And, and this is almost like developing a one-page plan or blueprint or what I call a bridge between your current situation and the goal. And once you've got that, it, the goal is much closer to you than it was previously. Yeah, and, and and it certainly seems less uh, less scary, and uh, yeah. you know certainly with that great tool that we all have at our disposals in our pockets, uh, the smartphone, and aided by the engine of Google, um, there's really no question that you you couldn't ask uh, that wouldn't point you towards a number of resources, hopefully credible ones, um, that are going to engage your knowledge a little bit further um, on the path that you want to go, and you know that could certainly be you know about you know, developing uh, your team a little bit further. What are some good strategies that other businesses or pharmacies are utilising? Um, and perhaps even, you know, trying to study overseas markets. I know I've done this a number of times um, in following US pharmacies and how they're progressing. Uh, you don't need to jump on a plane to go and find out how they're going. And uh, certainly listening to podcasts and reading books, uh, you know, brings a lot of the, this knowledge uh, a lot closer to us probably than any, any time in the past. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And I guess for our, list, for our listeners, there's so many steps that they could take and certainly getting stuck into the goal pyramid does seem like, you know, a, a good logical first one. But you know, as we've been talking about, the mindset is probably the biggest challenge that we've got to overcome. But assuming that we're ready to put the goals in place, you know, would you recommend, you know, taking some time out of the business to focus on this? Or, you know, I guess what would be, you know, the first baby steps that you would say? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. You know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Should you have a specific goal or should you um, and then um, take time out to kind of strategize around it? But 
I, I think whatever you do first, it's a good practice as a business owner, whatever industry you're in, to take time out of your business each year and ideally each month for strategic contemplation. Because if all you're doing is tactically executing and, and operating the day-to-day and so forth, you're, you're always stuck in the ever-present and the here and now, the current problem, the fire you've got to put out, the customer you've got to serve, the bills you've got to pay and so on. And that's all good and well, but there's no, you're kind of floating or drifting into the future without actually saying, this is what I want my future to look like and then driving the business to make it look like the image that's in your head. So I, I, ever since, I can't even remember when, but for more than 20 years I've been an entrepreneur and from my first business, I always, and I, and I guess I came from my first mentor, mentor, I had this time out where I was always contemplating where I wanted that business to go and what I wanted it to look like. And then I would create goals from that to kind of how do I turn what's in my head into reality? What should be the goals? What steps do I need to take? And that becomes a systematic process that I couldn't imagine running a business without that I encourage every business owner to take up. So to to your question specifically, the the first step might be just to take time out for the first time and without setting any specific goals, to take an objective view of what the business they currently have looks like, what are the shortcomings, what are the weaknesses, and if that exercise is difficult for someone to do uh, um, on their own company, the the question that I would get each business owner to ask themselves is if you were going to sell your pharmacy or your business, would you buy it yourself, right? So you, no one knows your business more better than you do. And if you wouldn't buy it or if you would, identify all of the things that are wrong with it, all of the things that are right with it, or all the opportunities that currently exist that are unexploited or all of the uh, potential threats or whatever the case might be. And that kind of brainstorming, that objective thinking about the business is the first step towards considering what should be my goals, what should my business look like, and kind of moving in this direction of a systematic goal-setting approach. Yeah, no, look, it was really really interesting. We had a um, conversation uh, probably about three months ago with uh, a colleague, I think, that uh, we both know well, uh, Jeff Green, uh, about business exits. And, uh, you know, certainly even, you know, looking at at your business the same way as you might have sold a property, um, as in your own home, um, you know, just starts to, you notice those imperfections that perhaps you would notice if you were going to buy something. And, uh, you know, certainly often, fleshes out goals that perhaps have set dormant or forgotten about and uh you know you know at least some quick wins as well which is always great for some great for momentum yeah yeah everyone wants to have a dream business so as a as a you know contemplation exercise what does a dream business look like for you know each specific person and what is the difference between their current business and that dream business that they've identified all of these kind of contemplation exercises are really strategic thinking exercises. These are ways to begin thinking about your business objectively, weaknesses, strengths, opportunities, and so on, and begin identifying gaps between where you are and where you want to be. And that is the the beginning of of, uh, strategic thinking that leads to specific goals being set.
Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I guess on the topic of future, we get our crystal balls out. Um, you know, what would you see as the, the biggest game changer if time and resources were no barrier would you love to see in healthcare today? Oh, um, it's, it's a big question, but my particular background and area of interest in the time that I spent the most in as an entrepreneur has been in software and specifically in artificial intelligence software. So, uh, machines that can learn, machines that can reason, machines that can uh, solve problems, analyze uh, millions of data points, and come up with correlations and answers that would have, you know, would take humans months to figure out, and so on. So that that's been my upbringing, and I've had two companies that I've grown and sold in that area, and I'm building my third at the moment. So my view is very much uh, colored by kind of that background, and I and and you. I think the listeners will hear more about artificial intelligence, whether it's movies in the theater, whether it's uh, Stephen uh, uh, Hawking's or or uh, some of the other prominent thinkers like Ray Kurzweil and others and driverless cars and Siri. It's, it's becoming more ubiquitous. So I look at AI and I would love to see, for example, self-diagnosis, you know, the amount of time being spent by people visiting GPs, waiting in line, uh, getting some basic prescription for things that really a machine could do. Here are all of your symptoms. Here are all of the questions that are asked and so forth. You could have this self-diagnosis process. Then maybe at the end you get something prescribed. You go and visit the, the pharmacy, the place where that will give you medicine or will even be delivered to your house by, by a drone. But cutting out all of that time, there is enormous time wastage that occurs in the healthcare industry where really patients are waiting, waiting for, for a doctor to see them, for a nurse, for the next step in the hospital and so on. And how can we eliminate some of that time wastage or even the majority of it by using machines more effectively to diagnose, evaluate, and potentially progress us through some, um, you know, uh, patient uh, workflow, whatever that might look like. And that's where I see, from my perspective, again, from, from my background, where potential game changes can emerge. Yeah, no, you're not wrong that time is, you know, the critical element, I guess, for everyone. And, uh, you know, I guess one of the undertones in Life in Half a Second that I enjoyed was the countdown. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're always looking at, uh, you know, how many years old we are, but, uh, you know, looking at it in the reverse, as you pointed out, of, uh, you know, how many days you might have left. It certainly changes the perspective and certainly your incentive and motivation to, uh, you know, make the most out of every day. Yeah, look, I, I think time is the one finite resource that we all have, which we, if you, you know, if you think properly, from my perspective, is the most valuable finite resource that that you have. So how you use it and how you spend that resource is a is an extremely important question. So using it, not wasting it, should become a primary driver in everything that we do. Yeah, no, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's been brilliant having you on the show, Matt. It's uh, I know that our listeners will take so much, uh, hopefully a little bit of a kick up the uh, butt uh, in terms of uh, getting themselves going. And uh, you know, certainly it's a great time to be planning your goals for 2016. Uh, you certainly don't want to hang around until New Year's Eve to start thinking about absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope our listeners have gotten value from uh, some of the insights. Ah, uh, terrific, Matt. Thank you. 
Well, I'm sure if you weren't already sold on the idea of goals, you most certainly are now. And as we discussed at the beginning of the show, you are now inspired to take action. So that is what we must do. My three key learnings, thanks to audible.com. Number one, unpack your goal and build a bridge from where you are now to where you want to be. Use Matt's Goal Pyramid. Sign up for the Life in Half a Second Challenge at lifeinhalfasecond.com forward slash challenge. And of course, there's a link in the show notes for you as well. Number two, make your goals effective. Align them to yourself and make them specific and make yourself accountable for them. Share them publicly as I'm going to do right now. The pharmacy I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that I was visiting this week is as it's known within our internal community, and now I'm sharing it with you in the transformation community as the Transformation Lab. This is a pharmacy that is a greenfield pharmacy that we are going to create for you so that you can see how technology can be utilized in your pharmacy and how it can be implemented successfully. And we're gonna do this in our own doorstep and invite you to come and see us in 2016. So I'd like to share with you and offer to you, if you'd like to register your interest in visiting the Transformation Lab in 2016, send me an email to robert at robertstar.com. There's a big hairy audacious goal right there. And number three, use your time wisely. As Matt shared in the countdown, and you'll see that in one of the Life in Half a Second videos, it's a very powerful thing when you look at the number of days you may have left. If we make the assumption that we're going to live to 80, how many days you have left and what that does to the perspective of how you approach every single day. And that brings us to our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from, as recommended by Matt, Jack Welsh. And the quote is, set stretch goals. Don't ever settle for mediocrity. The key to a stretch is to reach for more than you think is possible. Don't sell yourself short by thinking that you'll fail. Love that one. Next week, we are joined by Mohamed Zogby, who's the founder of A Prescription for Pharmacy, who's also launching his self-titled book on November 14. And we're going to be covering how his patterns, customer service methodology can help you to achieve higher profits, more loyal customers and happier, more fulfilled teams. It's going to be a great chat. And I certainly encourage you, if you're in Newcastle, to head along to his event on November 14. If you've loved this week's show, leave a comment in the show notes. I read and respond to every single one of them, and our guests like Matt today are only too happy to respond to your questions individually. Hey, you may even want to share your goals in the show notes as well. How good would that be, and how accountable will you be to the entire transformation community? Just saying. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.